Hi, I'm Cam, and this is the Nerdbook Review. Today, Chris and I are going to be bringing you a new book called Master Assassins by Robert Reddick. It is the first book in the Fire Sacraments series, and it was just released in March. Uh, thank you to Robert and his publisher, Skyhorse, for sending us an arc. Quick little bit of business before I give you my usual spiel. After this book review, I'm going to get two author interviews out in a row, uh, Alec Hudson and then Rob Hayes. They are the last two of the Spiffbo finalists that I have recorded currently. And after that, we will do two book reviews in a row, Virtual Light and Snow Crash. I kind of felt like they went well together, so I decided to put them back to back. After that, we will get back to hopefully more of a normal routine. Alrighty then, let me give you the usual spiel. You can reach us on Facebook at the Facebook page Nerdbook Review. You can email us at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter uh, with the handle Nerdbook Review. And hopefully one of these days, it's not too long, we will have a new website out. I hope you guys enjoy this book review, and thank you all for listening. Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Chris. And this is the Nerdbook Review. Today, we are going to be reviewing Master Assassins by Robert Redrick. I will give you the book info, and then Chris is going to give you the uh, good long blurb in that silky smooth voice of his. It is a long one. It is. Um, Master Assassins is the first book in the Fire Sacrament series. It was just released March 6th. He has another series of four books called The Chathran Voyage. I think that's how you say it. Uh, I've not read them, but it, it does appear to be a complete series. Chris, go ahead. Kondri Hinjuman was never meant to be a soldier. His brother Mektu was never meant for this world. Rivals since childhood, they are drafted into a horrific war led by a madwoman prophet and survive each day only by hiding their disbelief. Kondri is good at blending in, but Mektu is hopeless, impulsive, erratic, and certain that a demon is stalking him. Is this madness or a second sense? Either way, Kondri knows that Mektu's antics will land them both in early graves. But all bets are off when the brothers' simmering feud explodes into violence and holy blood is spilled. Kondri and Mektu are taken for contract killers and must flee for their lives to the one place where they can hope to disappear, the sprawling desert known as the land that eats men. In this eerie wilderness, the terrain is as deadly as the monsters, ghouls, and traffickers in human flesh. Here, the brothers find strange allies, an aging warlord, a desert nomad searching for her family, a lethal child soldier still in her teens. They also find themselves in possession of a secret that could bring peace to the continent of Urath, or unthinkable carnage. On their heels are the prophet's death squads. Ahead lie warring armies, sandstorms, evil spirits, and the deeper evil of human greed. But hope beckons as well. If the master assassins can expose the lie that has made them the world's most wanted men. <laughs> There's the novel right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is actually, uh, that's also the Goodreads blurb as well as the uh, dust jacket uh, blurb. So that's the entire thing on both of them. Yep. Um, my quick take 
A couple of brothers, one a wild card, the other more even keeled, find themselves in a lot of trouble in a country run by a fanatical prophet and her largely psychopathic sons. Yeah. Yeah. You ready for mine? Yes, I'm super ready for Chris's. After stumbling their way into murder, two below-average guys are mistaken for professional killers. Entrusted with a mysterious briefcase with unknown contents, they must travel across the country to a place where the beer flows like wine, where beautiful <laughs> women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano, a little place <laughs> called Aspen. <laughs> you know I hate France. The French are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's such a good... Uh... Should we point out that that's Dumb and Dumber? Hopefully. Well, know. actually, you know, people, it, that... Yeah, I mean, some of your younger viewers may not have been yeah. listeners. That is... Uh, God, how long? How old is that movie now? Maybe 20, 20 years? years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, our childhood, our, our growing up. <laughs> that one and uh, Tommy Boy. That oh, was, yeah, my, other, Boy that was my other big one in high school. So, um, getting into the book... Uh, Robert does a great job of world building and, um, Chris, I think you had a, a pretty good, um, f- thought on this as well. Oh yeah. Not necessarily world building, but world teasing. Yeah. Uh, uh quite a bit of it takes place on an island, uh, or a continent. Like I a guess. continent. Yeah. A yeah. continent. Uh, that is that cut off it, from everything else. Yeah. That's but, kind yeah. of cut off from the outside world, but you get hints at that outside world that uh, are just really intriguing because it seems like it's a it's a vastly different place. Yeah. So what we have is a world that actually reminds me a ton of Malazan um, and the holy desert of Ruraku, but without all the magic. Um, and also, like I think that one of the things that reinforces like that early picture of Malazan in my mind is that um, in Malazan in in the desert, there's like an oasis where they have. Uh, like this, it's called the whirlwind. It's an army led by their own fanatical prophet hmm. who is, uh, but I mean, there's obviously, this is low magic compared to Malazan's, which is about as high magic as it gets. But so they're going to be on this continent called, um, Urith or Urith. I'm not sure exactly. Um, in my mind, I call them both ways for some reason. Sure. At one point in the past, there was like a continent spanning empire, but it's fractured into tribes now. Was that actually a result of the the plague? Which might be considered a spoiler, but I really feel like it's kind of... It's the whole reason why things are the way they are, so it's hard to talk about the story without it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the case. And so, is was the plague the reason why the Empire fell, or is that just something that happened as well? Well, the plague didn't really... So... The uh, the residents of this continent are hosts to the plague, but uh, very few no. succumb to it. Now, but I was wondering if like... Oh, maybe in the past that... Like it caused the, a downfall? I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think that, that on this continent, I could be wrong on this number, but it's what came to my mind. So but I wrote my notes, like one in 400 people is all that die from the plague. But everywhere else, it's like one in seven that die from the plague. Mm-hmm. And so at this point... The rest of the world has quarantined the continent of Urith, and um, anyone that tries to go, like their ships will be sunk. Um, people who attempt to to go to to leave the continent are 
immediately killed, you know, before you can have any sort of contact. And um, the only, like, outside group that's allowed, that, that is there is basically, uh, yeah, Doctors Without Borders. I yeah. liked your, uh, your <laughs> yeah. description of that. And they're, they're shadowy. Um, they're kind of like a, our one little viewpoint into the yeah, rest of the world. Yeah, our glimpse into the rest of the world. Their, their tech is uh, more advanced in, in what little we do get to see of them. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, I'm super excited. I hope another, like, maybe the second book doesn't go there. But I hope that but by the third book, yeah, yeah you're going to be, um, we're going to see some of that. And if we do, it's, it's going to be this super exciting to me personally. I, I just, I, I really loved that having that in the background the entire time. Yeah. It, it added something to, for the, to the book for me. Just kind of a neat expectation of what's to come. Yep. And so, as we talked about, like, he, the, there's these other guys are maybe more advanced. We're not 100% certain, but it's definitely teased. But the tech is basically a medieval level on on this continent. That's kind of the easiest way to, to put it. Um, not a lot of heavy armor, though. It's important, like, as you're picturing this world, that these guys, the Chiloto, which is the tribe that, that uh, our main characters are a part of, they're basically in, like, it's kind of like the Badlands, right? Yeah, not I desert, mean, true desert, but yeah, yeah, but still sort of surrounding desert and yeah. And Chris, do you think that it was still Badlands before they diverted the river? I kind of got the, the yeah, I kind of got the feel that the, yeah that, that it's, they had physically changed things, which yeah. resulted in it being the, that way in in that climate. Yeah. And will you tell us about the Chiloto and like how they're the way they are currently and what like historically things were for them? I could give it a try. Okay. <laughs> um, I, and you might, I don't know, you might have gotten better at this. To me, it was, uh, they, they kind of, there's a lot of exposition and places named and people named early on that, uh, that I kind of got lost early on okay. in the book uh, with that. I think, uh, I mean, it's sort of, uh, I pictured, almost a middle eastern yep. uh vibe kind of the uh, because of that climate and yeah i really did imagine kind of that like arabian peninsula type of a feel maybe yeah especially but and i had just gotten i listened to a, a weekly podcast called the uh um history of byzantium and not too long ago i was re-listening to the parts where they were talking about like the arabic tribes mm -hmm. and um their interactions like basically in the levant and stuff before and so kind of i think that in my mind these things were i had like a that background you know i always go back to my history background so a lot of times like these things don't bother me that all these names and stuff because i just intersperse like real real things into my mind and make that work <laughs> you know yeah and then don't care as much but i but this one i went back and and looked at it a little bit. So basically, the two brothers um, who we have named once or twice, Mektu and Kondri. Yes. And <laughs> I don't actually see this. So yeah. So they're uh, they're part of a tribe called the Chiloto, and they were a downtrodden tribe um, about fifty years ago. And I mean, basically, the the tribe that was um, that had power over them, who is not really that important for their name, but they were basically they basically committed genocide almost on the the Chiloto tribe, and then fifty years ago ish, the um the prophet who they call they call the prophet is actually a woman, but she had 
visions or she claims to have had visions from God to tell her that um, she was going to lead the Choloto people out of slavery, basically. And they actually form an army. And by the time the, when where, where we get to in the book, this is about 50 years ago and they have like a massive army and they've completely liberated all of their lands and they've taken over quite a bit of land around them as well. Um, they're certainly not rolling through people anymore. We're not at like that stage of things, but there, there isn't any kind of real danger that they're going to be subjugated again. Right. Well, subjugated any more than they already are under this theocracy. Yes. Now that's important to talk about because let's, uh, Chris, do you want to talk more about that then? What, what, what life is like for the average, uh, member of the, uh, their army? They're, they're under a theocracy that's, uh, very, I mean, they're forced into believing. Yeah. Uh, and so we kind of have, and we mentioned in the, in the blurb there that, you know, these guys don't necessarily believe, but you just kind of have to fake it because yeah. the, uh, the consequences of not believing are, I, I mean, is it explicitly death or is it just kind of a, they're oh, no. known that it's, yeah, I think that they like in one of the in like the first ten pages they mentioned that you can get tortured to death. Okay, yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah, I mean it's bad. Like you don't want to uh, to get caught out, and it didn't start off this way necessarily. But this is often the way that uh, that revolutions go. That you yep. start off with things being, um, you have the fervor and the true believers are are part of it, and then things either go so well that you take over completely and you have to do something to keep that fervor going or things aren't going as well. And then obviously that's because people aren't being, uh, true enough believers and, you know, God's punishing them. And so people start to, to, you know, get the infighting and things like that and things while they're not going poorly for them, they're not necessarily going well either in terms of like some of their attempts to take over other places right now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, and I I don't know about what you thought, but the prophet has eleven sons, all of whom are supposedly from immaculate conception. That's the <laughs> right. That's the story. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the uh, the three that we get to meet, one of them is more like scholarly, but the other two are basically like imagine Saddam Hussein's sons. Yeah, I know that's like you know ten fifteen years ago now. But like Uday Hussein was always the one like they talked about when I was, you know, like in high school that like if he looked at you funny, he might kill you or yeah. like he was really bad, I guess, about like raping women and things like that. And if you said anything, then you got killed for yeah, uh, a complete power trip. Yeah, like literal psychopaths. And that's who how most of her sons are, because they're the sons of the prophet and they get away with anything they want. Mm hmm. As we talked about, it's kind of like the Badlands. Um, we're also going to deal with uh, like a, a large part of the story will take place on a former inland seabed that the river was diverted at some point in the past, and now the lake is now it's just a you know salt bed basically. Mm -hmm. A big part of the story is going to take place on there. Quite a bit of the story. Yep, and then um, then another like city that'll be like on the edge of the. Um, the desert and I kind of got it was funny with this one was the way he described things I really had an easy time imagining the whole like I that I was in that yeah. like book and the movie in my mind that I always mm -hmm. blather on about in my head for 
a lot of this one. Um, Chris, will you talk about Mech 2 and Condry? I think that's about the last thing that we really need to do for like the beginning world building before we start talking about you know what we felt like with the books. Yeah, uh, so the brothers, Condry and Mech 2. Uh, Condry is uh, a little bit more of the straight-laced, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily goody-goody, but he's a more together uh, rule follower. Uh, and then when we get Mektu, who is kind of a smart ass and sort of uh, sort of the you know the loud mouth and and a troublemaker. Yeah, and he's a troublemaker, and like he's that guy that just can't help himself. Yeah, that you know this, it's funny. One time, this, he reminds me of my brother. He as soon as you mentioned that, and when we were uh, initially starting this book, uh, <laughs> and you said this reminds me of my brother, I was like. Yeah, it reminds me of your brother too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean now he's the police chief of a of a you know like which is, is insane, frightening. Yeah, my brother's like the youngest police chief in the state of Idaho since the, since like eighteen eighty. <laughs> but one time when we were younger and he did something like completely inappropriate, like made an inappropriate comment, at, you know, a time you shouldn't. And I was like, I said, you know, why would you do that? And he said, don't you ever like just have a thought that comes into your mind? And if you don't do it, like it just, it never doesn't, won't leave your mind. And I was like, you know, I don't think that happens to me. Like I, I don't have that, like, <laughs> you know, like that impulse that I, if I don't act on it, it's going to like eat me up inside. And that's what yeah. he said. Basically it was like, and that's what Mech 2 reminded me of that. Like mm-hmm. this is, as we talked, as Chris has mentioned, and I've mentioned that, you know, like this, you could get tortured to death for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Yeah. And he's that guy that will like that, straight up do that's that. That's all he does is yeah. say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, yeah. and for him to have survived as long as he has is kind of funny. Yeah. And the, uh, the description, uh, the book blurb mentions that he claims he has a demon inside of him. Right. And that's something that um, is certainly up in the air. Like, we're never, you know, we don't know one way or the other, but it's, it's yeah. certainly possible. But it's, it's also possible. possible that he's just it's, a psycho. Yeah, it's treated sort of as the... Schizophrenia. The, yeah, almost schizophrenia. And, uh, you know, no one really believes that 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 kind of thing exists let alone yep. that he has one in him yeah and so yeah yeah like that's important to note in this that this really is low magic and there yeah. is there is a lot there are supernatural things that are going to be in the book but they're not something that the average person really like thinks of the gods whoever they're following they're not active in people's lives so they're not going to be you know, like they're not, they don't have their champions or they're not in human form, you know, and things like, yeah, they're not, they're not out there. Thor wielding a hammer against foes, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And then Chris, I do, I want to talk about one other thing. So Mech 2 and Condry, we, we talked about the, the, it's mentioned in the blurb that they do something that forces them to be on the run from the prophet's forces. Yep. And that's going to kind of be the whole, like the, the whole catalyst behind the actual storyline itself. Yeah. And we've talked about a lot of stuff, but most of all of this that we've talked about happens in the first 10 to 15% of the book while they're yeah. before the event that happens happens. And we really get into like, you know, the, the storyline, mm-hmm. this is all the world building at the beginning. Yeah. And so, um, all of this that we've talked about happens early. And uh, we won't be too, uh, to avoid being spoilery, we won't say, you know, anything more about that. 
But let's talk about more about the book. Chris, you and I had quite the, the text conversation at the beginning as we were trying to figure out something seemed different about the book. And what was yeah. it to you, you think? And, you know, I early on in the book, I had a hard time uh, kind of re re uh entering into it so uh, i would read for a little bit you know uh, and then set it down and then when i would pick it back up i would i would read a few paragraphs and kind of be like wait a minute what just happened i'm 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 not sure what happened i i I think it took me a while to kind of gather the voice of the book and uh and I wasn't exactly sure what caused that, but I think a part of it is that the writing style is in present tense, which sort of, it seemed a little bit funny. Yeah. And then it, but it jumps around a little bit too. Right. And so it jumps around in timelines. So there are times where it's in past tense. And, and I think once you kind of get the hang of the characters in the world, it, it made more sense. But early on I did kind of have, uh, I, I was a little bit lost because it, the writing style, uh, once I got used to it, I, I really enjoyed it. But, mm-hmm. but early on, the writing style kind of confused me. And then in that early on, it's also throwing a lot of world building at you yep. with, with, uh, with names and the, you know, kind of the politics of the continent. And it, it, early on, it was, it was tough for me. Yeah. And also when it's mech too, it's in second person. If he's like specifically talking, oh right, but then it's right. like third person when it's not just him, you know, like because mm-hmm. he's really he's not the narr. He I guess he's the narrator, but he, it's not necessarily just his point of view either, though. You mean Condry? Condry. I'm sorry, I didn't. I said Mac too, but Condry. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of like threw things a little bit for me too at first. Yeah. And so, anyways, it was just like it was something that that was funny too because, like I said, I. Well, I was at work, but I only had one truck that mm-hmm. day and I was loading gravel. And so I, I had like 15 minutes in between every load I would have. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat in my loader and I read and, you know, I, I read this entire book in like two or three days, you know? Yeah. And so I didn't have the the uh, the breaks that you had to have. Mm-hmm. And it was funny to me because I was, I could not, fi- I knew something, something would seem different to me, but I couldn't figure out like, what is this that... And so, uh, but for me, it didn't really bother me because I never had that break mm-hmm. or I would have like a, a two minute break every 15 minutes, you know, yeah, it would kind of, once you get settled into it and you just kind of, it flows yeah. and it does mm-hmm. flow very well yeah. once you do get the hang of it. But if, yeah, if you're, if you have multiple breaks and you're reading it, maybe five, 10 pages at a time, yeah, then I could see then exactly how picking back up into it was uh was difficult for me especially if you happen to be like stop in the middle of a chapter and you had to like you had to get uh you got two pages of present the current and then you went to (laughs) to condry's childhood you know right yeah and uh but the thing it's funny for me though is that like i said because i was able to just read it and i didn't have anything like else i had to do in between then what uh for me, what it was is that, like, I still, I didn't have, I, I knew that some, so, something seemed weird to me, but I was able to get into that, the groove so well mm-hmm. that I, my mind consciously knew that something was funny, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Anywho, um, getting into, like, our normal, like, recommendation phase and all that kind of stuff, the whole did we like it, what did it make us feel, all that kind of stuff. 
just straight up, I thought the book was a ton of fun. I yeah. really loved the book. And the thing is, is that for me, it does get a little bit dark as the book goes on. Yes. But it's not, it but at the beginning, it's not. The beginning, bad things might happen, but they're kind of absurd and funny to me, you know, mm-hmm. while they're happening. I don't know. What did you think there? Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's, it's right on because it, it really does have kind of, uh, it, there are, there are there are dark things going on, but it treats it very lighthearted uh, early. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, and then kind of those things start getting darker and darker, and uh, and so it's a little bit harder to lift that up with this with the sense of humor that this book has. Uh, but it does have uh, yeah. it does have a fun sense of humor. Oh yeah, um, one thing it's hard to. Uh... To really, uh, it's Katie didn't find it nearly so funny as I did when I was actually. I started to laugh. I was reading the the Northy Southy thing while yeah. I was sitting next, and I'm laughing like just uproariously out loud. <laughs> and she's like, "What's so funny?" I read it to her, and she's like, "Yeah, that's. I guess that's, that's funny." And I was yeah. like, "If you read it, but it was kind of a good example of you know like this these these two villager villages were one was on one side of this big bridge that had been built by the empire that was more technologically advanced in the past." And then the bridge falls down and the villages, even though they're like families on one side and the other, well, they can't ever go near each other because there's this massive ravine. Mm -hmm. And when it finally gets rebuilt, the bridge, like 80 years later, then like even their lingo has changed. And now like one one person's like normal word is like a dirty word to these others. And yeah, anyways, it just escalates and people get into fights all the time having a conversation that what to you and I would just seem like a normal how's your day kind of conversation, you know? Right, but then if, you know, how's your day actually means, like, if day means something dirty, and you're like, (laughs) oh, so how's your something dirty? And then, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I read that, like, three times and laughed each time. (laughs) But, yeah, and like I said, I think that, for me, the the book was just so much fun before it got serious, and then there was, like, those always those funny, absurd moments, even, you know, even with that. Yeah. That, to me... I don't know. It made it seem a little bit more lighthearted than it really probably is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had uh, it had one moment that I really liked was there's uh, there's an exposition dump. I mean, just a, a ton of info is coming at you, and you know, um, Mektu jumps in and is like, "Oh my God, are you done yet?" <laughs> it, kind of as like the voice of the reader, because I was literally right before that part thinking like, wow, this is a big, uh, big info dump going on here. And then he jumps in with a, oh, this is taking forever. <laughs> so it, it then continued with more info. dump. <laughs> yeah. So what do you what kind of like, I guess, what did it make you feel and, and like think about the book then in, in um, terms? You know, I, I liked it. It had uh, I, I really liked it. But, and I hate saying that because it was, I mean, I really did enjoy this. Uh, but that that confusion for me early on uh, made it difficult. And then I also felt like the story kind of slowed down too much as they were crossing the desert. Uh, that made up maybe a third of the book. It, it could have, at least. I mean, it's close yeah. to that. And it just, I don't know, that part just kind of felt to me like, are they ever going to reach somewhere because this is it's kind of it just kind of seemed like it got it got slow and repetitive uh, in that part of it and you know what's funny to me is is i can exa- i can completely see what you're saying but for me and i don't know maybe it's because like i said 
I just read it and kept and I don't and I was just so into the zone when I was reading it and I didn't have interruptions and yeah that like I got so I mean I got so perfectly into that movie in my mind that I didn't notice that ah that yeah. that slowness you know what I'm like yeah and it's funny that um sometimes Katie will say the same thing to me like when we're her and I are reading a book that like yeah it kind of slowed down though and, and stuff and I'm like really I didn't notice it slowed down because <laughs> I was just so in the zone you know mm-hmm. and she she hates it when I she's like you need to quit saying that movie in your mind thing like it's really obnoxious <laughs> but I mean that's literally what it's like to me sure like, I can't remember all every bit of notes I took on this book from about after about 10 15 pages in yeah. I went back and redid the notes because I just never took I just kept I, like I was so in the zone mm-hmm. and had it had pictured so well in my mind that I just I, I like it didn't bog the things didn't you know yeah. I might be able to like on a like a subconscious thought be like oh yeah that could be maybe I could see I can tell what what you're saying mm-hmm. but to me that wasn't you know what I experienced with it yeah and so it's funny how that goes. Like, and a lot of that is just whether you're interrupted or not. Yeah, it can have to do with the read itself rather than yep. what you're reading. Yeah, yeah. And then the other. Uh, so I forgot too. The the next day when we when we when I was reading this, um, I said I was working the whole time. But now that I remember, I wasn't because my next day then I got rained out and I only went to work for like two hours. <laughs> And then, of course, I did not pick my boy up from daycare. I left him at daycare, <laughs> and I came home and I read and I read the and I finished the book off that way. So there's mm-hmm. another thing. Like, I didn't even have Katie here to constantly be like to well, have a cat video or something on <laughs> Reddit that she thought was funny and stop and tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if I talk during a TV show. By God, I should have paused that TV before I said something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's that's enough of that. Yeah, uh, not, of going I'm off on gonna, that. But anyways, I'm so not yeah, gonna badmouth my wife on your podcast. <laughs> Don't try to goad me into <laughs> Don't that. Don't try to goad you into that. Katie's not gonna listen to it anyways, even if she's my co- <laughs> even if she's on the show sometimes. But so yeah, so um, what about the? You mentioned like the, the darkness. What did you think? Did it get to you like emotionally at all, or was this something that was still just adventure? Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it had its moments where uh, where you know you really you really empathize with a character here and there. Um, there were, yeah, I don't I don't want to get too much too much into spoilers and mm-hmm. and kind of what's going on. But yeah, there were there were definitely moments where I felt uh, for some of the characters, just thinking like, oh man, that is just not a cool situation that they've been they've been forced into and yeah and you know what's funny to me is is i think maybe if i'd had more breaks that Mm. would have been more the case for me or if i'd have been like had to stop reading and like think about it for like 10 or 15 minutes you know yeah then i would have thought more about that than i did because i just got to go straight through yeah and so you know i was constantly reading and i didn't have to think about those moments until you know, hours sometimes after those moments happened sure. to me. Yep. So for me, like this was just like a, t- like a, a, like a throwback adventure book. Not, you know, like, like a fantasy novel done, you know, not like in the modern style where it's all about moral, like kind of how Kings of the Wild was just about being like yeah, fun, just having fun and, and action. And, yeah. And that's kind of how in my, to me, this one was because I was able to just sit down and read it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Chris, would you recommend it to other people? Yeah, I think I would recommend it to other people. Um, who do you think? 
Um, you know, let's see. It's uh, it, at least where it is now. It's not heavy fantasy. I mean, it takes nope. place in a in a made up uh, a made up world, but there isn't, like you said, with uh, Malazan. Is there's not a lot of uh, you know, complex magic to to learn and all these and different rules of physics type of thing. Yep. Uh, it's it really is kind of a uh, a world that isn't far from uh, our, our own. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some differences. I mean, if you uh, have a look at the cover there, you have someone with a flaming fist riding <laughs> a saber-toothed tiger, yes. like a giant saber-toothed tiger, which is where I just quickly want to throw in as soon as I saw the cover of that. Hazen's yes. Metal Corner. Oh, man. Obviously... What better opportunity am I going to have to quote Ronnie James Dio? <laughs> where this guy is riding the tiger. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Oh, don't you see what I mean? Anyway, Hazen's Metal Corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't, you know what's funny? Like, literally every week I forget that that's going to happen. That happens, and yeah. then it gets in and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, I know on the whole, like recommend it to others. I think that this is another book where I would have a wide range of people that I would recommend it to. Yeah. But all within the fantasy genre still, mm-hmm. or people who might want to get into fantasy. I feel like, yeah. you know, like this isn't one where you would have to, to get into uh you know, like a big magic system or yeah. So there, it mentions quite a few times there's ghouls. We don't actually see any ghouls, mm-hmm. but, um, you imagine that they're that they're still killable, and I don't know if they were ever human or not. Like it, is, it never mentions that. Yeah. But anyways, but like otherwise, you're not. You deal with maybe some fantastical beasts, but yeah, that's not too, you know, too tough. Right. Right. It is. Uh, it would be accessible because of all of that. It's yep. not. It, it doesn't have the the complex magic systems where that can get. Yeah. That can get someone who isn't a hardcore fantasy reader. Yeah. A little bit confused. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to, this isn't like Sendlin Ascends where I'm just recommending it to anybody whether they like fantasy or not. But if you like right. fantasy or think you might like fantasy, then I think this would be a good uh, good novel for that. Especially because it's, you know, it has its dark elements, but I think it starts off with enough fun. Well, I mean, there are, there's a couple things that are pretty, like, awful that happen. There, Yeah, there's definitely heavy subject Yeah, matter. and early on, too. But I don't feel like that was the point of the book, though. Right. And so um in some ways uh some of that uh, some of that uh dark heavy subject matter helps propel the protagonist uh out of uh uh just being a normal joe. Yeah. I mean if you have a protagonist who will uh who will be better than some of the heaviness that exists in this world. Yeah, and actually speaking of that whole the you know the the moving the protagonist away from just being an average Joe. Uh, I think that's part of why I liked uh, Condry, though, is that the only thing that's exceptional about him might be his, like, moral morality. Forti- yeah. morality. But, you know, he's he's a good soldier, a good fighter, yep. but he's not, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's not he's waiting. Not leveling, for, yeah. Leveling groups. And- yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's not, uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's as likely to run as he is to fight, you know, yeah. if possible. Yeah, how would you rate it then, Chris? I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I, I I feel like I kind of, I, I 
I want to go higher than that, but I'm going to let the I'm going to let the rest of the series do that for me. I think um, it, it's this- intriguing. I am. I, I do really want to know where it goes from here because of the the world teasing that I mentioned earlier, and I, I'm really interested in where it is going. Uh, but I think for this one, I'm just gonna I'm gonna temper my expectations there and call this a four. With with definitely intrigued yep. about the rema- the the rest of it. Yeah, and. That is one thing that's really important to note that this is not a complete book. This is a well, it's not a complete series. I mean, a complete series, yeah. This <laughs> is it will be a it series. will be, yeah. This will this isn't a book. Nothing gets resolved in terms of like main storyline. Yeah. Um so that's yeah, basically I think almost all of the big um plot lines like from we can't really mention that his father, yeah, I don't think but yeah, I mean it's tough to talk about what does and doesn't get resolved without really uh, spoiling things. But yeah, it it didn't resolve a whole lot. No. At all. I mean, it doesn't have kind of that where, you know, the eye of the world almost could be a standalone if you just said, oh, that's, you know, that was... And they rode off to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and but yeah, and you know what's funny is, is now that, like, the more I look back on it, normally that bothers me that, like, that... I have said in more than one review that I wish something <laughs> yeah. else had gotten resolved that uh-huh. didn't, and it. But didn't, this one didn't. No, didn't, didn't and didn't I. You. Part of me is like, maybe if I hadn't been able to read this book in like two or three days, where I got to read for six hours at a time. Yeah. Maybe some of this would have bothered me more, but it just does not bother me. Even as we sit here and talk, like on mm-hmm. an intellectual level, I can be like. Yeah, that should have bothered me since that normally bothers me, but I can't I'm not going to say I don't have a gut feeling where I'm like, "Oh yeah, it bothers me." To huh. me, like I had a five-star experience. Nice. And I just absolutely loved this book. Every bit of it was exciting to me, and I had a when I got done, I I just said to Casey or Katie, Casey. <laughs> I said to Katie, like Damn it, I just had fun reading that book. Like, Kings of the Wild yeah. fun for me. Oh, wow. And, uh, and you know, maybe some of that is the way I got to read it. And, you know, without... without inter- I mean, it's pretty hard these days for me to read a book where I don't have Bran nonstop asking me to do something or to to go run around the island or something, you know, in the kitchen or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And, and I just... Or hold this My Little Pony. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hold this one. Or, Dada, I want to watch this show. Okay, change it. No, that's not what I meant. I'm like, yeah. well, that's what you're watching now. And then I get yelled at for 20 minutes because I'm not willing to change it after he said it. So anyways, I just got to have a good old-fashioned reading experience. And for me, this was a five-star um, just straight up for me. And uh, even, you know, even the things that normally I say bother me didn't bother me, apparently. I didn't even yeah. think about them until you said it. <laughs> Uh, Chris, uh, main audience, who shouldn't, shouldn't read it? Um, some of that darker subject matter probably would prevent you from recommending this to a, I'm not good at, uh, maybe young teen? Maybe not. Yeah. I I don't know where that would, I don't have kids, so it's not a concern to me whether or not a 12 year old reads about it. Yeah. And mine's three. So, you know, I'm not quite at that point where I have to, but like that is something that I try, you know, I, I think maybe mid, maybe teens, mid teens. Mm-hmm. Um, if your kid's old enough to to deal with things, and there you there's I did have to me- I put in my my notes not on here but in my on my phone, 
There might be a few things that could trigger a few people in here. You think so? Um, it's not descriptive, you know, but like some bad things happen to kids. And, That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, when they say that, that when I mentioned that the one, uh, one of the sons is basically Uday Hussein. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's not a good person. No, and he does but some pretty bad things. Yeah, I don't necessarily like. I don't think that it's like. I mean, if you're easily triggered, then maybe you know. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah a, that could be. That could yeah. be difficult to to yeah. read about bad things happening to young children. Yeah, and you know, um, and I mean, I have a young child, but I didn't. It didn't like. It wasn't something that bothered me. I mean, I. You know, I mean, it was, I mean, it bothers you, but yeah. it's not a, yeah, you know, like, it, it's not a, well, I'm not reading the rest of this. Yeah. Like I never had that thought, but I'm yeah. just, and, and when I mentioned like easily triggered, I don't mean that in a derogatory term in any way. Right. I'm just, it's just something that I feel like is, you know, is my duty as a reviewer to say that if, if, you know, if things easily bother you, then maybe something will, but I don't think it's not, it could. the author's not trying to. No, it's yeah. And it's not done in a gratuitous way. No. It's it's basically you know like in things that we mentioned in um, one of the the other last reviews before this that it was done like the rape scene you know uh, like, yeah where loyalties lie where loyalties lie yep. that uh, that was the interview sorry that like it's uncomfortable it is really uncomfortable to but read it, but it sir it doesn't serve to titillate right it's it's you know it's showing how bad someone is yeah and that's how this one and is also too. how. Uh, how much another person has to endure in order to yep. uh, become what they then become. Yeah, and that's 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 how this stuff is done. It wasn't done in a yeah. distasteful, like meant to be, um, you know, titillating way. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's probably the best way to put it for sure. I'm glad that we got around to that in the end. <laughs> After I said, you know, the, the way I, the things I said at first, but yeah. yeah, everyone can. Oh, by the way, probably not. What's that? Yeah, everyone can read this. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, pro- well, but probably not. Yeah, everyone. sorry. Yeah. But anyways, I just wanted to to mention that, that like it's not done gratuitously. I don't know why that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind as a, the roundabout way that I <laughs> got through it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so most people could read this. Um, teens on. It does have some adult language and adult uh, material, but it's not uh, like there's no graphic sex scenes or anything like that. And things yeah. happen. It's, you know, it's done as it's an adult, meant to be an adult novel as a fantasy. Yep. All right, Chris, um, anything else you have to say or think about it? Nah. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the rest of this. Oh, I, yeah. I am uh, really excited for uh, book two. Yeah. Which uh, I'm not sure when that's going to be at some point, but it's not going to be mm-hmm. like quickly. Well, I mean, this one just came out yeah no i know that but i'm just saying like it's not like um rj barker where blood of assassins came out three months or four months after uh, age <laughs> yeah. of assassins and then august i think is when the third one's coming out that's you know wild. yeah it is crazy but yeah so that's not this but also he does have a finished series so it shouldn't yeah. be the kind of thing that if you're worried like he, he has a history of putting novels out and getting them done <laughs> he finishes things yes yeah. i think that the, the what i was reading was the first one of that other quad quad Ooh, is four is books that whatever the other cycle was i think it was 2010 when he wrote the first one mm-hmm. and it was clearly done before 2017 so you know at least four books in six or seven years so anyways all right thank you chris i yeah, appreciate you coming you. out thank you